Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from the Evening Express and Press and Journal. I'm Ryan Crail. Today I'm joined by crack squad of experts Danny Law, Paul Third, and Paul Chalk. To you, it feels like Paul, Paul, you're both on every week, but uh, Danny, a few weeks since you've been on, maybe? How are we guys? Okay. Hi, Ryan. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. Okay, this week. Then it's transfer shenanigans once more, as it as it generally is at this time of year. The Dons have had a very busy week, uh, racking up a decent uh, amount of transfer fees, it'd be safe to say, with Bojan Majowski yesterday's latest arrival. But they've also been linked to some other players, of course. There's been developments with their pursuit of Tobias Lauritsen over the last few hours. We're expecting the Dons kit to potentially be out very soon. Uh, we'll be chatting about Aberdeen's first pre-season friendly that, at Bucky this weekend that doubles as Graham Stewart's testimonial for the Jags. But there's Ross County to discuss as well, which Paul Chalk will be helping us out with. They've made a few additions this week, three in total, but Harry Payton has departed in Verness as well, adding a couple of new faces. Well, there's Stuart McKenzie's testimonial this weekend to discuss with regards to Cove Rangers, incomings at Peterhead, as well as some Elgin news as well but yes first of all Danny Law is going to help me talk through what has been a pretty manic week to cover the Dons two sign two signings on Monday or one signing on Monday two signings on Tuesday one signing out of the blue on Thursday uh, first of all Danny which one excites you the most I think Bojan Majowski is the one that certainly captured the attention of the fans yesterday yeah 100% I think um you know, from the, the footage that um, we've seen of him, and I mean, you could do a—I know you can do a good YouTube clip um, of pretty much any player in the world. But uh, Miofsky's you could do that of me. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've seen you play. I'm not sure. But yeah, you have, <laughs> have to go through hours of footage for that. But um, Miofsky looks—you know—quite a special player. Um, exciting. Um, he obviously turns 23 um, today. Um, but you know, to get a an international player, a North Macedonian international, who was, you know, part of the Macedonian team that, um, you know, defeated Italy recently in the playoffs. Um, it's a huge, um, it, it feels like a huge um, signing for for Aberdeen. And I think there'll be, um, a, you know, a lot of excitement about about this one. Um, Lauritsen, Tobias Lauritsen isn't going to happen, but um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot to, to like about um Bojan Miofsky, um, he's, he appears to be, you know, the type of player that Aberdeen were, you know, badly lacking last season. There was just too much of a reliance on um, Christian Ramirez. And I mean, I think another, one of the other reasons that it is a real statement of intent is that, you know, Aberdeen have spent over half a million on this player. They've put him on a four-year deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really exciting signing and, um, you know, it might take might take time to adapt to you know to life in Aberdeen and to the Scottish Premiership, um, but to me this is a um, you know he'll be he'll be the player that um, that I think most fans would be uh, will be looking out for in in the preseason games. I noticed fans noting this, but the first signing of the summer window, Ramadani midfielder, he obviously came from MTK, T, MTK sorry hard to say Budapest as well, which will obviously help Mayovsky settle, you would hope, but six feet, basically six and a half foot, quick, if you, Jim Goodwin's to be believed, powerful, you can see on that YouTube 
uh, compilation, that the one that everyone's seen, that there's a little bit of uh, technique there. There's a particularly brilliant goal where he sort of chips it over the goalie as the goalie comes out to meet him. But players at that cost a bit of money. I understand it, it was around, what, £535,000, the fee that the Dons agreed with MTK, which takes the, the summer spending up to almost £1 million, which... I don't know, is that more than we probably expected the Dons to spend this summer? I, I know there was a, a big rebuild required, but you know it feels like the Dons are really going all out to make this rebuild a success. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, Aberdeen didn't spend you know too many transfer fees when, you know, under Derek McInnes' time, predominantly dealt in, you know, free agents and loan deals. There was the occasional, you know, guys like Stevie May that came up for a fee. Um, but the majority of the time, it's um, it's not been something that, that Aberdeen's done too often. But this season, you know, uh, Vicente um, was um, around about £500,000 as well. So, I mean, they're, they're identifying players that they want. And rather than, you know, looking at players that are perhaps free agents and shopping there first, they're identifying players that are maybe, you know, coming towards the, the end of their contracts and thinking that, you know, you can... You can get players there that that ultimately you might be able to sell on for a, a good fee in two or three years. And you know, Miofsky at only twenty three turns. I mean, he's in that category. He's on a four year deal, but you know, I, I guess the Aberdeen are maybe thinking, well, if he comes here and does well for a couple of years, then you know, he might be someone similar to Calvin Ramsey that um, that is sold on for a big fee. Um, and and that's, I mean, that's kind of the way that the model that Aberdeen has to base themselves on. Um, but I think as well, you know, Anthony Stewart to me looks like a really shrewd bit of business as well, just given the the reaction from the Wickham fans about him. Um, he seems to be a player that, um, you know, has got a lot of potential and could shore up a defence that, you know, conceded far too many goals last season. Um, you know, Jaden Richardson, he signed on a three-year deal. I think the fee for that one's around about £300,000. So, Again, that's you know, um, again a, a, a substantial investment in a in a player um, who, you know, Aberdeen are going to hope that um, that they can turn into um, you know another valuable asset for them. Yeah, and you mentioned Calvin Ramsey there, and I'm sure that the fee they've received from Liverpool, or you know, they've received four point five million up front, but the potential three point five million add-ons is you know made it a bit easier to. To spend that money, I know that Jim Goodwin said yesterday to our colleague Sean that um, they were going to spend that money anyway. But it, it certainly would have helped them come to those decisions. In terms of the yeah the other players you mentioned, there signed this week: Jaden Richardson, a right back brought in from Nottingham Forest, twenty one, I believe. A lot of pace we're hearing. That was that was yourself, Danny, speaking to a few experts on Richardson. But maybe some questions over his final ball and uh, assists and crosses and that, maybe compared to Ramsey. Uh, Liam Scales, centre-back, he's been touted for ages coming in on loan from Celtic for a season. That was a bit controversial, given uh, there was no option to buy in the deal. But the Dons, as we understand it, do want this to be the first step towards a permanent move for Liam Scale, who's a left-sided, a left-sided centre-half, which is something Aberdeen didn't have on the books. And yes, Anthony Stewart, Wickham Wanderers, centre-back, been there since 2011, I think, Wickham Wanderers, so he's very experienced, 29 years old. Pre-contract, so he doesn't sign up. He doesn't join up with the Dons until July. But we're hearing. I heard from Jack Grimmer that he's a centre half. He's hard as nails. Can do the headers, despite only being five foot ten. Wins a lot of balls in the air. 
last ditch tackles as well. That's kind of was his stock and trade at Wickham, according to Jack. But he can also play take the ball out from the right of uh, back three, if asked. So he's got that the two sides to his game. The, the question I've got for you, Danny, given we've seen a left side of centre half come in, we've seen. Um, Anthony Stewart come in that we know can play in the middle of a three, the right of a three. He's done it for Wickham, but as well as a four. And we've got Jaden Richardson, who's clearly able to play right full back as well as right wing back. Wing back. Are we seeing uh, back three for the Dons potentially next season? Does it look from the outside like that is what Jim Goodman's building towards? I think. I mean, I, I know from talking to um, you know a couple of people that uh, followed Notts County closely last season that they they felt that you know Jaden Richardson. He operates, you know, that you get the best out of him playing him as a right wing back rather than as a as a right back because he likes to bomb forward at every opportunity and you know, you've got similar players of that ilk on you know the left hand side and likes of Johnny Hayes. Um, I would think that you know Jim Goodwin's given himself the option that he can play a back three um, and have that little bit more security if you want it, and um, but also have the players there that you know you can go with a four as well. Um, I think that. You know, we've seen an increasing number of teams in the Scottish Premiership playing three five two or three at the back, and you know sometimes you want to be able to match up against that so that you don't get overrun in midfield. Um, and so I think I think what Jim Goodwin wants to do is have the option to play both. I know he's he's kind of been on record as saying that um, that his preference would be for a back four, um, but I mean as it stands just now, unless you know there's you know other players to leave the club. Um, it looks like, you know, the, the players that he's got just now would fit quite nicely into the likes of a 3-5-2. Um, but, um, but yeah, we just have to watch the space. And I guess that's what you, you'll you learn quite quickly in, you know, the the Premier Sports Cup games, um, what way the team's going to line up. I know that he's saying he's going to take as strong as possible team um, up, to, up to Victoria Park to face... Uh, Bucky Thistle, so I mean that'll be an early indication as well about you know how the team lines up and where where certain players might be deployed. I mean, likes of Liam Scales can play left centre half, but also during his time at Celtic, he's played at left back. So they've brought in players as well that have got that um, that flexibility. So that just gives um, Jim Goodwin lots of options. But I'm sure that you know going into the season, he's going to want to have a, a settled first choice formation. You don't want to be tinkering every week. Yeah, and a, a back four, back three, um, competition there for Declan Gallagher and David Bates, who are already at the club. In terms of the players, the Dons are still pursuing. I mean, I think everyone would accept that they still need a striker. They still need a number ten type midfielder. A goalie is something that they've 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 been linked with for a wee while now, so we'd probably expect that if in an ideal world um, they can get all their business done, that a goalie will be part of that. Um, Tobias Lauritsen, you mentioned they were pursuing him, uh, Norwegian striker, but they missed out overnight, didn't they? Yep. Um, Sparta Rotterdam, who you know were the, the favourites to sign him, they've managed to get that deal um, across the line, so um, he he's heading there, so that's one that Aberdeen have missed out on, but that's maybe why um, you know they've maybe realised that and turned their full attention towards uh, Miofsky. I know that um, they had quite stiff competition from um, Hungarian side uh, Fehervar, um, who's head coach uh, Michael Boris, a, a German, previously worked with uh, Miofsky at MTK, and um, he was absolutely desperate to be reunited with the player. Um, so 
you know, I guess, you know, in that regard, if you've got two striker targets, one out of two isn't too bad. Um, but I think they definitely still want to bring in another attacker to make sure that they've got as many options as possible up front. Um, I mean, in terms of other players, um, Jamie McGrath, Wigan is still someone that's seems to be uh, firmly on the radar. I know Dundee United have also been, you know, mentioned that they're interested in him, and obviously Connor Ronan as well. I mean, that's two two players um, that Jim Goodwin knows well from his time at St Mirren. I would imagine it would probably only be, you know, one of those two in either or situation. Yeah. But um, but which one it is of either, um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see with that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's still. Still going to be plenty of uh, plenty of incomings over the next um, the next few weeks, and um, yeah, we'll just have to wait to see if there are going to be any any other players departing the club. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Don's fans will be happy with Connor Ronan or Jamie McGrath in that ten role next season. We should say before we move on to potential outgoings and, and a little discussion about that, and um, we understand there is nothing in. Uh, Liam Boyce, the heart striker, to Aberdeen. Is that correct, Danny? That yeah, that's correct. And, and Jim Goodwin actually uh, mentioned that himself in the, um, um, I think in the broadcast uh, conference that he did yesterday. He said that um, that he's 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 always been an admirer of uh, Liam Boyce, but he says there's been no contact between Aberdeen and um, Hearts over the player or the player's representative. So I think they were a bit. Um, Bit surprised by by that one, but um, but yeah, there's um, there's no suggestion that um, that Liam Boyce is heading to Pataudry. Agent Games, perhaps, and we also understand that um, departing Rangers keeper Robbie McCrory, of course, the dear brother of Ross McCrory, who could potentially be the Dons captain next season. Uh, he isn't a goalkeeper who is on um, Aberdeen's radar currently. He's obviously been linked with big clubs down in England, the likes of Manchester United. So maybe he's not um, in the market that Aberdeen are currently looking in. Anyway, in terms of outgoings, uh, nothing really that the Dons would be considering yet for Lewis Ferguson. There's also been links for Connor Barham, who of course broke out in the second half of last season and is a real fan favourite now, although our colleague Sean Wallace revealed that the Dons are trying to tie Barron down to an even longer and even uh, a, a deal with better remuneration for Barron as well to make sure they can hold on to him and get the best out of him for, well, I hope they'd hope a few seasons to come yet so plenty more to be going on at um, Pataudry over the course of the, the transfer window we're nowhere near finished yet um, for the season ahead I wouldn't think Bucky this weekend 30 obviously we talk about them all the time in Highland League Weekly Bucky how strong they are it'll be an interesting one won't it it'll be interesting to see I mean I'm sure Bucky will be be physical they'll they'll test the Dons Um we know, it's a Graham Stewart team, so we know what the Dons are going to come up against. Um, I imagine Jim Goodwin. If, or, if ever there was a game for our man Gregor, who films a lot of Highland League weekly matches, to have his camera between the dugouts, it would be Saturday. Because testimonial or not, you know that Spider will be centre of attention and loving it. And he's great entertainment, and I'm sure Jim Goodwin's never going to have <laughs> forget this one, that's for sure. Because he's very passionate, very vocal, 
and uh, expletive laden. Is that the best way to put it? But uh, <laughs> it's just the passion. That's what it's what he's all about. I expect nothing less, even in a friendly from Graham Stewart. Um, in terms of the game, there's been word that Ramadani's due to arrive this weekend in time for the, the training camp in Spain, but I don't expect him to be thrown in at Victoria Park. Um, the same goes for Anthony Stewart. He's still a Wickham player officially until the 30th of June, but I would hope we're going to see the other two new faces involved at, at some stage and I expect of the current squad remaining from last season. A lot of people are going to be curious to see what effect an extended break has had on good old Christian Ramirez. Um, you had quite a roller coaster first season in Scotland. I think that's the politest way of putting it. It did tail off when Jim Goodwin came in, but there's one way you can get your doubters back on side, and that's rediscovering the knack of putting the ball in the back of the net. And if he's doing that on Saturday, the fans will be thrilled. Yeah, let's hope it's an entertaining afternoon to mark Spider's testimonial and his time as a player and manager at Bucky Thistle. Certainly entertained us uh, over the seasons. And anyway, next up, we'll move on to Paul Chalk and the latest from Ross County and Inverness. Okay, Chalky, you were up in Dingwall, speaking to Malky Mackay, three new signings brought in in recent days. He also revealed players departing uh, the Staggies, uh, Harry Payton being, I suppose, the the player that's leaving that's had the most um, game time, most impact on the team over over the seasons recently. Uh, of the signings, first of all, what's the one that excites most? Uh, one of them, certainly, um the Canadian midfielder Latouri, pretty um pretty left field, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh Malky Mackay, the manager, feels that he'll um he, he won't be the first manager in Scotland to tap into the Canadian market. Um Harry and Ben Payton, of course, the Canadians have, have been at Ross County Harry for f- four years. As you say, Harry has rejected the chance to extend his stay at, at Dingwall, so he's looking for a new club as we speak. Ben Payton, um, who has filled in uh, defensively for County, he's a, a midfielder, so he'll actually perhaps step into the limelight a wee bit more now that, that Harry's gone. But in terms of uh, Victor Latoury, who's come in from Calvary FC in Canada, he is uh, one of the signings that uh, you know Malky f- feels can hit the ground running. He's a 21-year-old. Uh, he's been given a three-year deal at Ross County. And as I say, Malky does feel that there'll be more players arriving in Scotland from that um that uh, division uh, over in Canada, a, a country uh, on a high with their nation heading to the World Cup this winter as well. So there's a lot of uh, focus falling in Canadian football. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ross County and other clubs uh, were to bring more players over from there, uh, given the success of the, of the Peyton brothers in particular uh, at, at County. So, um, yeah, Malky said that um, in terms of Latouri and uh, Jan Dana, who's a player who's uh, an Englishman who's come up from Swansea City, these are, are guys who Latouri's 21, Danda's 23, uh, despite their, their young ages, what Malky likes is they've played men's football for a good few years and proved themselves in men's football. And now he's keen to see how they, they can uh, flourish in the, in the Scottish Premiership. And um, uh, those were the, the signings earlier in the week. And then added to by George Harmon, a 21-year-old, uh, coming in from Oxford City, um, a defender, 
uh, and uh, he's um, he's one that Malky sees more as uh, a player that there's a wee bit of work to do on, but he, he sees the, the raw talent there uh, of someone who, who really can kick on over his uh, period in Dingwall, a two-year deal for him as well. So are we seeing Jan Dana? Is that how you pronounce it, you said? Uh, uh, Jan Danda, he's, yeah. He's obviously, I think, early in the week, me and Paul, other Paul, had a conversation where we kind of seen he'd made seven appearances for Swansea last season, including in the championship. We're pretty impressed by that. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that that kind of calibre of player is what I'd associate with Ross County in a transfer window. I think it's quite a, it seems like quite a coup. Um, clearly um, impressed by what Malky McKay's doing. And Dingwall, do we see him as a replacement for, for Harry Payton? Given that I think he is he's an attacking midfielder can probably play that number ten role. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I see him is in that mould, and I think you know two midfielders coming in this this week on the back of uh, last week David Cancola uh, uh, staying as as well. So there are plenty of options, and as I say, Ben Payton is a, another one with Ross Callahan in, in, in midfield as well. Um, of course, Blair Spittle has moved on to Motherwell. He was another departure. Over the, the summer period, so um, yeah, in terms of Danda, uh, Malky spoke yesterday about the fact, you're quite right Ryan, I mean more than 60 appearances for Swansea as well and for Ross County to get a player with, with that, that kind of uh, championship level uh, is something that maybe fans wouldn't expect but um, Malky was at pains to point out that his recruitment department as soon as he arrived at Ross County last year he sat down with the chairman Roy McGregor and chief executive Stephen Ferguson and said, "This is going. I'm here for the long haul." You know, Malky's been linked to, to clubs because of his success of taking County into the top six. But um, he wanted to get the the uh, a recruitment department in place with uh, Enda Baron, his uh, analysis, and he was saying last night Enda will be sitting in there watching footage to seven eight o'clock at, at night. He's meticulous in, in his preparation and. and targets of who the club want to bring in and he wants to bring players to Ross County, you'll notice all these guys are on permanent deals you'll see a lot of that this summer that guys are arriving in the club, there will be loan players still arriving at Dingwall but uh, far less than there was last summer when it was pretty much a firefighting exercise for, for Malky coming in and a, the, the massive overhaul that was needed, he wants players to come in on long deals, stay for two or three years. And there's no problem about players coming in in the early 20s and using County as a stepping stone to go on and, and, and uh, further their career elsewhere. But what it will mean is that Ross County will get transfer fees on the back of that. So it's worth putting in the effort now. End up Aaron doing what we consider half days at the journals by working at nine o'clock at night. Um, what about Ben Williamson's departure? Uh, was that expected? Uh, yeah, I, um, in, in some ways, I know he, he hasn't been talked about um, much recently. I, I think uh, the fact that he was on loan at two Highland League clubs last year perhaps was a wee indication that um, you know it just was he wasn't going to quite make the breakthrough at Ross County, but uh, certainly highly valued despite um, you know mo- moving on, uh, and he'll be all the better for playing at Nairn County and Brora. Um, Last year, you know, he's a defender mainly sort of um, in right back mode, 19 years old now, and uh, probably ready to, to try and secure a, a club certainly within the SPFL. So, um, be interested to see, to see where Ben goes, but he goes with the best wishes of Malky Mackay, who, who did speak highly of him. Callie Thistle then 
on Sunday, two signings announced. One of them was Stephen Boyd, who we know from his time at Peterhead, but it's obviously previously played for clubs like Hamilton. When I saw him playing for Peterhead, he was kind of a player that could blow hot and cold, but when he was on, really good with the ball, can beat a man. Peterhead were playing him up front on his own at times. Um, he's like one of these players when he's on, he almost he looked better than League One level, if you know what I mean. So, but it's how I suppose it's how often he can produce that. But certainly, certainly talent there. Uh, what would you make of the two signings, Calvin Smith? Yeah, Steve, Stephen Boyd. I think he. Uh mentioned the fact that um, he used Shane Sutherland as, as an example in the piece that was in the, the P&J um, on Monday um, where he said that Shane Sutherland got a chance for full-time football again after dropping down so there's uh, a great example of Shane uh, still doing the business he's obviously injured um, until the end, end of the year with a, a, um, a knee injury but um, he's c- come back and, and really flourished so Stephen, I'm hearing good things about him from the Alois uh, side of things, you know, obviously I think Brian Rice is down there now as, as well, former Cali Thistle assistant um, and rates him highly, so I think there's a, a real opportunity, there is um, Billy McKay needs a wee bit of support up top, especially with Shane Sutherland out and Stephen Boyd um, will come in and he'll be determined to um, hit the ground running from next Wednesday when they play Clach as their first pre-season uh, a real opportunity to, to get in there of course uh, the other signing as you say Ryan was um, Nathan Shaw who's come in uh, from England AFC uh, field the National League North um, and he his career started at, at Blackpool so we don't know too much about him but a, a, a winger who um, Billy Dodds has, has spoken last season about trying to play with uh, a wee bit more with when when possible to open teams up so I'm um, really keen to see what he does he's a 21 year old as well so plenty of time on his side is that where we're at guys with the national league in England is championship level up here yeah well I, I mean uh, it's certainly a, a market that um, Cali Thistle are, are keen to look at throughout the window and incidentally there'll be no more moves over the next day or two expected from Cali Thistle but I think maybe early next week there might be movement to try and get at least one more face in before they play the Lily Whites on Wednesday night. Sorry, was there any interaction with Jim McAnally, the Peterhead manager on Stephen Boyd signing for Inverness? On Stephen Boyd signing for Inverness? No, not at all. Okay, just um, interested to... I mean, Boyd, Boyd's a hard working player. That's what he is and uh, he will do a lot of the the hard yards and uh, running into space, a bit like Austin Samuels, actually. Um, and I don't know if, if you're going to be looking at Alexa, him and Samuels to do the running for Billy McKay at this stage in his career. It'll be interesting to see how that combinations are all going to blend together. Obviously, with Shane Sutherland on the sideline, someone's going to need to be the guy that's stretching defences and, and, and working the back line in the championship. And maybe that's what Boyd's role's going to be. We'll have to wait and see with that one. As we said with Aberdeen, still plenty to happen this summer at Ross County and Inverness in terms of um, incomings, certainly. Uh, but let's move on to Cove Rangers, where Paul Third will tell us about this week's obtaining of the Holy Grail in North football journalism. Yes, well, the running gag on the sports desk uh, for the listeners has been about how elusive a character Stuart McKenzie is to get hold of. 
Um, he's as good at avoiding the press as he is at keeping the ball out of the net, it seems. But uh, there was no escape this week. He's got his big day on Saturday, his testimonial match against Dunfermline, and finally managed to track him down with the help of the, the new Cove media man. I must uh, give him a shout-out. Thank you, Mr Gordon. Um, but actually, when I spoke to, to Stuart, it was clear how much he's loved his time at the club, and uh, with 14 winners' medals in two spells, totaling 12 years, he's got every justification in feeling pleased with his lot. Uh, it's some going, isn't it? Um, it's all the more remarkable, I think, when you think that medals 13 and 14 have been in the SPFL, with league wins in League One and Two with Cove. And it's funny, I asked Stuart how he'd found his new boss, Jim McIntyre, and he was quite honest. He says, I've no idea. I haven't spoken to him yet. Because um, I think it was Tuesday when we had the chat, and Tuesday night was the first training session. So uh, I'm pretty confident, however, that uh, Jim coming in will come to see very quickly. He's got a fine goalkeeper on his books already. Uh, and I'm sure if he needs to ask anyone, the former Cove managers, Paul Hartley, John Sheridan and Kevin Tindall, who all worked with him, will agree with that sentiment. Uh, as for Mackenzie, he's 34. He's done it all with Cove at this point, but it's clear with each challenge that's coming his way and with each passing season, he's made it clear he's still well up for it and he's got no plans on, on going anywhere. He scored plenty of penalties for Cove over the years and, well, we know he's guaranteed one this weekend, don't we? As all testimonial um, receivers, if there isn't are. a penalty, if there isn't a penalty, something's going far wrong in this game. Uh, Danny, it's been quite a strange summer at Cove, hasn't it? Because in recent years, with the stability they've had, the progress they've made, and the investment they've had, they've, they've made quite a lot of signings, kind of early doors, quite a lot of statement signings, early windows. But this season, with the change of manager. Unexpected as it was, Jim McIntyre coming in, we've yet to, he's probably still in that assessing his squad phase, but we should see them ramping up their transfer activity in the weeks to come, you think? Yep, I think if um, if Paul Hartley was still there, we'd have probably seen, you know, a bit more activity already, um, but, you know, Jim's still probably getting to know his players, he's going to have to, he'll probably be, you know, reviewing footage from last season, seeing what the players are like in training, seeing what type of characters they are, there'll be players that, you know, he'll know you know what players like Mitch Meganson can do, but he'll he'll want to see you know what what's required, what's what's needed to complement the squad, and you know Cove are going into um, compete at a level they've never done before, and he's got to I guess Jim's got to work out is it a bit more experience that they need, is it you know a bit more pace about the team, um, what areas does he feel are strong, where 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 are the gaps, and you know he'll he'll have to work out what he needs before he can go out and get it. Um, so I imagine that, you know, we'll have a, l- a little bit to, to wait until um, we see a, um, you know, a flurry of activity. I'm sure he'll want to bring players in. It's, um, I mean, Paul Hart- Hartley would have certainly been doing that ahead of um, ahead of the championship. Um, and he'll have, you know, he'll have a budget there that you can bring in, bring in players. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, which areas of the team he identifies um, that require strengthening, um, but um, but yeah, he'll be using you know games such as you know this testimonial against Dunfermline to um, to look at what he's got and um, and then he'll plan from there in terms of what he needs for transfers. Paul, what's uh, or Paul third should I say? And uh, what's what's going on at Peterhead? Two signings announced. And one we kind of knew about a little bit for a while and we're just waiting to, for it to be announced. But another one that, well, it came as a surprise for me and quite a quite a coup to get Ryan Dow 
Yeah, I would. I would say. I mean, he was he was a free agent after his contract had expired with Dunfermline, um, and he was one of the ones that I think it, Jim McIntyre was possibly looking at for for Cove Rangers. But no, he's he's gone back to to the blue tune on a on a two year deal while Ryan Strachan has uh, left Cove, as we know, and he's decided he's going back to to Balmour as well. He's coming in on a on a one year deal, so it's. I mean. The, when you look at Dow and Strachan and, and I suppose Paul Dixon, who came in the other week there, at some much-needed experience back into the, the side following the departure of senior players such as Scott Brown, Simon Ferry and Derek Lyle at the end of last season. And Jim's over the moon to have those three senior guys on, on board. Uh, we'll probably see Dow in action this weekend up at uh, Borough Briggs in the, the tournament that's on with Elgin, Fraserburgh and, and, and Locos. Um, as for Ryan, he's still a few weeks away from starting training, because he, he had a minor op, but um, Jim McAnally is certainly hopeful he'll be available and good to go at some point in August. Chalky, we might as well move on to that tournament now. Then I've seen a little bit of Elgin activity, like friendlies and things over the last week. They played Lossiemouth, didn't they, um, a few days ago? Yeah, they did. And they've also announced a yeah, new captain I, as well. That's right, yeah. I caught their uh, game, I was at the game on, on um, Saturday where they beat Clark, um 5-0 and they, they followed that up with a 6-0 win against Lossy Mouth at the Gleaner Arena on Tuesday night so um, uh, I'll be speaking to Gavin Price the manager tomorrow um, obviously they, they announced Wednesday night that uh, Matthew Cooper is the new club captain and uh, Gavin saying that that's um, you know certainly worthy because he was at the club in 2014 when um, himself and Jim Weir were at Barra Briggs so um that's good. Well earned for Matthew Cooper to get that. But one thing I noted about those two games that they've played so far, um, scoring 11 goals, it's been 10 different scorers um, with uh, Matthias Machado scoring uh, a goal in, in each of them as well. Now, uh, Kane Hester hasn't been involved in either of those pools. Uh, would expect him to be featuring in the, the tournament this this weekend by all accounts. So um, um, Gavin did say to me after the, the Clack game that Perhaps the answer to the the scoring uh, problems at times is actually already within the club. If he's got players scoring goals like that, uh, albeit you know clacking lossy mouth, them you know won't be the, the opposition they'll be facing ne- next season, where Elgin really have to kick on after the disappointment of been second bottom last year. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, Elgin play Fraserburgh, the, the Highland League champions, on Saturday, and locals take on Peterhead. And the second match of the day, and then the the losers play each other on Sunday, and the, the respective winners uh, do uh, so later in the day. So uh, yeah, a good tournament to celebrate a hundred years of Elgin playing at, at Borough Briggs. One I'm looking forward to. Big game that third place playoff on the Sunday. Can't wait to see who comes up out on top. Anyway, that's uh, all for this week's episode of Northern Goal. Thanks to Danny, Paul, and Paul for joining me to get today. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Plenty more. Plenty more to come in the days ahead, I'm sure. Maybe even before this is edited, who knows? Uh, but any questions or queries, you can email Northern Goal at dctmedia.co.uk. You can like and follow on your favourite podcasting app. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.